If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. I'm BJ. And this is the first episode uh, where we're doing a Dragon Quest deep dive. Uh, say that five times fast. Can you do it? Dragon Quest deep dive, Dragon Quest deep dive, Dragon Quest... Nope, I can't. <laughs> yes, I win. I stumble over myself <laughs> anyway, so trying to do tongue twisters is the worst for me. Um... But anyway, we're uh, we're doing a little something different on the show for the next few weeks. Instead of having a new topic each week like we usually do, we're going to spend some time discussing just a Dragon Quest game in depth. And so we decided for the first uh, game that we're doing, we're going to do Dragon Quest Nine because we both love it. It's BJ's favorite mainline Dragon Quest game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you- we uh, we're actually doing our Games of the Year episode on Geek to Geek really soon. And as I've been putting together my list, uh, because I played both of them this year, 9 and 11, uh, I actually think that 9 is going to be higher on my Games of the Year list than 11S is. Wow. I didn't realize, I thought you played 9 last year. No, it was this year. I was looking back at my notes and everything uh, because I thought it was last year as well. But no, it was this year that I went through it. So I'm like, yeah, I had a actually had a better time on nine than I did on 11S, which is crazy given how good 11S is. Mm -hmm. And I love nine as well. I mean, it's definitely a top five Dragon Quest game for me. Um, Maybe even top four. I mean, honestly, it would probably go 11, four and five and then nine. I guess okay. in my like favorites. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously BJ's back, everybody. I forgot to mention that because last week <laughs> you were gone. So Dan is here. Yep. So BJ's back. Woo. Um, Woo! And, uh, you know, why are we doing a deep dive on 11? Uh, I mean, other than the fact that we just love it so much. On um, nine. On nine. Yes. Thank you. Other than the fact that we just love it so much. Um, and, you know, nine... I was thinking about that this morning uh, before we recorded that nine did a lot of different things uh, in the series that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the first, it was the first game to have monsters out there on the map. They scrapped the random enemy encounters. Was nine. I didn't know if eight did that on the PS2. No, the eight, uh, the eight, uh, whatever you call it, want to call it remaster or just port uh, for the 3DS. Um, but nine was first uh, was the first one to have like uh, the enemies that you could just encounter on the map. Okay, you didn't have random enemy encounters, which I love. That is one of my favorite features of RPGs, uh, just in general. So that makes me love this even more that it kind of put that into Dragon Quest because in eight it was there on the 3DS that I played. But if it was in nine first, that's even better. It's one of the reasons Chrono Trigger is like my favorite RPG ever is because it introduced me to that you know mm-hmm. way back when i was a kid so thank you dragon quest nine <laughs> also to my knowledge nine is the only dragon quest game to ever hold a uh, guinness world record 
Really? Yeah. I haven't even heard about this. Like yes. nothing I've ever seen is, has shown me this. No. Nine, nine got one. I believe it would have been in 2010. Okay. Um, I remember it was before it ever came to the West even uh, because it's something weird though. It was like it had the world record because of the, the basically the street pass, you know, where you could walk by, right. you had your DS in sleep mode. And if you yep. walked by other people who had the game and had it in sleep mode, you would like share stuff. Right. Um, anyway, it has like the world record for that, I guess. in like the shortest amount of time, it was like 117 million. Wow. I think, yeah. I mean, it was like nuts, but um, I, first of all, I didn't know that the Guinness book of world records, uh, like, like even monitored that. that. Yeah. And also I'm like, did Dragon did they just give that to Dragon Quest Nine like as a thing? And then <laughs> like was there a game that had that beforehand? And to my knowledge, there's no game that's that's broken that record since. So it's like I don't know, it's weird, but technically weird. they they have an official like world record holder um for Dragon Quest Nine and it's related to those how many times people like shared stuff. Huh. That it, is strange right? yeah, yeah that's strange uh, but uh so so maybe that's why we're doing it i don't know it's a world record holder uh we both like it a lot it and seems like it's also a fan favorite that when i first started getting into dq uh in general it was kind of like it, it felt like this one was kind of the uh the black sheep of the series one of them like i couldn't find a whole lot of people who were talking about it critically terribly mm-hmm. well and then just once i've you know dived into the fandom here just dove in it's been like everyone loves it like everyone has all these fond memories of nine and there are a lot of reasons for that that after playing it it's obviously my favorite of them so it's it was interesting to me to see both sides of that as i kind of move forward into the fandom yeah and i think i i think a lot of people um like my age and just a little bit younger uh like nine was kind of the one that they remember yeah. and the one in their first dragon quest game. Um, Cause I, I was kind of the part of the generation that for most people, my age started with eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but then I'm kind of on that cusp of being like near the people that started with nine. Although I think the, I think the nine, the DQ nine crowd is like closer to like 20 maybe 25 probably yeah because they that was kind of the generation of ds like carrying your ds around with you and doing stuff that would be how old the uh, people are that i know who are doing that Mm -hmm. and uh and so for today's episode this is the first one uh that we're doing the deep dive uh so really quickly let's just kind of outline i guess what we're doing why we call it a deep dive uh, you know, I mean, we're just kind of trying to look very in-depth at Dragon Quest Nine. We're kind of right. reminiscing because you and I both had a good time with it. Uh, we put we put out kind of like a call for people to share stories or ask us questions about Nine on our Patreon page and on Twitter and got like an enormous response from that. Uh, yeah. that I know we're going to be talking about uh, here in a little while, too. And so we really just kind of wanted to divide up each episode uh, and looking at it at a different perspective. So it's not necessarily like a let's play podcast where we go through from beginning all the way to end, yeah. but instead just kind of talked about the different, 
the different aspects, I guess, of what makes it yep. such a memorable and great game and why we love it so much. And so for the first episode, we decided that we wanted to talk about characters because even though the main character is this unnamed protagonist that you can customize, whether you want it to be male, female, you know, all that good stuff, you can change its vocation, all of that stuff. But it still also has memorable characters with names. Yes. Uh, so uh, the, the actual cast of the of the game is there, there's still a story there. There's still, despite it being you creating the main character and party, there's still a lot of really good characters in this game. And so I kind of divided this up uh, just the way I had it in my mind for this episode as well as kind of the heroes or the like boon companions. <laughs> Uh, right. And then, you know, in the second half discuss of the show, discuss the villains. So uh, so one of the very first characters you really meet is Akila, mm-hmm. um, who is kind of your mentor. He's your he's your Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Yep. He is the one who I've played the intro to this game so many times on different emulators and in Japanese and in English. And he I always love the beginning of this because of how he takes you around and really does show you what's going on and like really plays up the guardian angel part of this that uh, that as you you start the game, he really feels like you said, this Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, mentor character who is going to be there with you every step of the way. Mm hmm. Also, just I have to mention this. When I was playing nine, every time Akila's name shows up, um, I hear the tequila music. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the Akila. See, and um, I always pronounce it Aquila. Oh, maybe and it is. So I don't I know. I never thought about that. I don't know. So. To me, every time I see Akila, I think tequila and maybe maybe that says more about me than, i'm gonna say it does than about the uh the, than about the spelling of the name but that's what i think of yeah i'm just gonna say it does and uh, roll with that so that i can say that i'm not wrong <laughs> um but uh so obviously there's gonna be some spoilers in this episode because it's kind of hard to talk about all the characters without getting into a little spoilers right. so for uh so for with him there uh, like you said you he guides you and you kind of expect him to be there with, alongside of you for the game or at least part of the game. And yeah. then after the protagonist has their little fall from heaven, fall from the observatory and all that stuff, uh, you don't really see him too much uh, until what halfway through the game, late in the game. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good way into the game of uh, being able to do it. It really surprised me when he came back as a bad guy on that one because that was and it was a twist that I should have seen coming. You know, it was one of those where it's like, yeah, that's that's what they're doing here. But I didn't want that to happen because of the way that the observatory and all the stuff was going on with the uh, the figs and the the tree. I was like, oh, I wanted him to still just like me. Mm -hmm. And and thankfully, it is a Dragon Quest game. So a lot of times, if you think your friends have betrayed you, they haven't really. <laughs> right, and, that's and, true. And and that was the case with, uh, with I'm going to still call him Aquila. I know you're going to say Aquila, <laughs> but I'm going to still call him Aquila because that's how he's been in my head all this time. Yep, that's how it always is. Um, but, you know, he does, then late in the game, you find out, no, he was only pretending to betray you. And <laughs> it was all a ploy and he's really a good guy. And, um, so yeah, so then you're like, ha ha, um, he's back on your side briefly. <laughs> 
Yeah, briefly. Um, some other some other cool characters uh, that I wanted to talk about are the ones that kind of function there at the Quester's Rest, which I know we're going to mm-hmm. dig into the Quester's Rest uh, in a later episode, uh, like next week or later on. But um, I'm, I'm talking about like Aaron and Patty mm-hmm. and even Selma to a certain extent. Um, Aaron is there, uh, you know, she wants to, her dad was a famous innkeeper. And which was crazy to me. Like, I loved that part of it where some of the Dragon Quest just absurdness comes through. It's like a legendary innkeeper. Like, people just, he, he was an award winning innkeeper. Yeah, he won an innie. <laughs> yeah, he did. He won an innie. Um, and so you help her kind of get her groove back. You uh, help uh, Aaron get her groove back. She gets an in, and then it kind of serves as a sort of hub. I mean, there's also All Trades Abbey in this game that's mm-hmm. not there, but. But the, the Quester's Rest there at Stornway is kind of the hub in that you have Aaron there. You have all the end stuff to do, uh, the different like multiplayer uh, stuff that's in the game. Then you have Patty, who helps you, yep. you know, do your party planning stuff. And, uh, you know, you can customize characters. You can customize your class, all that fun stuff. And then you have Selma, who runs the uh, DQVC. Yeah. Which... I'm really, I really want to know what it's called in Japan because QVC, I feel like, is a very like American thing, right? Yeah, like the uh, the the online shopping network, and so I don't know how that would translate. I haven't, I, I never really even thought about the the pun there. Yeah, because when I think of QVC, I picture like like a middle aged woman and like selling like perfume or something. Yeah, and then sweaters there's sweaters and. Uh... Yeah, like, look how luxurious this sweater is, and how how fantastic I feel while I'm wearing it. Yeah, and then there's like just kind of a like plain lady there who's like telling you that now is your chance to call, uh-huh. and that if you don't call within like 30 minutes, the price is going to go up. Yep, even though it never goes up. Even though it never goes up. Yeah. So, so that's kind of I'm, I'm wondering what the DQVC is called in Japan, and I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Uh, yeah, so if you've played it, let that. us know. If you've played it in Japanese, which we know some of you guys have, let us know about that. Probably the biggest character that follows you around in this game is Stella. I love Stella. Who you love, and I I don't hate Stella, but I do not like Stella. <laughs> I look at her as a less obnoxious Navi from The Legend of Zelda. That uh, she's this fairy that follows you around, kind of tells you where to go and what to do and works kind of in the same way, except she doesn't just yell at you like, hey, hey, listen, listen, yeah. <laughs> listen hey, hey, where she has a personality that is meant to be obnoxious and kind of kind of not gruff, but uh, uh, abrasive, the, abrasive. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So my thing with Stella is that she did. Okay. A- admittedly, she does grow on me as the story goes on, but right. I still the she could completely be out of the game and it wouldn't change the experience for me at all. Okay. Like, like I could see it. My thing with Stella is that I hate the way she talks because this came at a time. I swear they modeled her speech after like Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, Disney channel stuff. Uh, because at the time that was a really big show, and a lot of my girl cousins that were younger than me were really into Hannah Montana. And right. to me, Stella's speech pattern sounds like that. Uh, and so I'm convinced that's what they they model it 
after and it's just it's really obnoxious to me um you know she's a silly character and she does have some funny moments i love that she call uh, i love the whole old fat gut stuff she's always looking for old fat yep. gut throughout the game uh, and then you find old fat guts yeah sterling old fat guts who really isn't fat no he's just you know a, a built kind of stocky guy yeah he looks like kind who, of a buff dude yeah, I like he he's like okay, one of these uh he has like the body style of one of the uh the hor- helmet horde. I don't even know what to call them, the masked brawler guys. It's like except he's 3D in this game. Mm-hmm. So so you know, with Stella, it's it's kind of like yeah, she she's uh I I will not go as far as to say that she is a less annoying uh navi but uh she is definitely that kind of character i want to say also stella i think is probably maybe uh one of the like oddest dragon quest characters like within the whole series really you think so i mean i I would say so she's she's like this not quite life-sized fairy that follows you around she's dressed like an emo kid circa like 2006 that's true and she talks like hannah montana and she's obsessed with someone named old fat guts and drives a train that flies through the air (laughs) now that you put it that way yeah she's she's weird right like i would definitely that's weird yeah yeah. that's true when you when you line it all up like that uh i can see it um, and then, of course, you know, we mentioned him just a minute ago, but then Sterling, he's kind of the conductor for the Starflight Express. Yep. Um, and, Starlight Expl- Express, right? No, it's, or is it, it's, is it Starflight? It's Starflight, yeah, because it's kind of a pun, I guess, with like Starlight. Oh, Starlight, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it flies through the night. It's a train that flies, Starflight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explaining yeah, like the joke kind of takes away the It thing. does. It makes it, it, it makes it, it ruins it. It does. Um, but so those are kind of the, the main, uh, characters, uh, when I was thinking of, uh, different kind of like boon companions and other heroes that you meet along the way. And it, those were kind of the, the big ones, uh, I thought of, uh, that fit in that category, at least. Can right. you think of any others? Those are the main ones that I'd thought of too, because you have the, the characters like the King of Stornway and stuff like that as you go through the game, but they're not stuff that people who follow you around Mm -hmm. and the people that you see. And there's one point later in the game where, uh, I got really sad actually, where basically you have to go and give up your friends, the ability to see them. Uh, anymore Mm -hmm. and i got really sad about that because i was like oh man this means i'm either near the very end of the game or something's going to happen but the game is going to get kind of boring for me because the the people i've liked interacting with and having this move the story along aren't going to be there anymore Mm -hmm. it was like oh man my favorite place to go was the observatory i love angels i have all this stuff going on that i'm like and I'm not going to have the Starflight Express to be able to quick travel. Man, everything's going to suck for a little while. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully that section is really is really short. It is really short. Yeah, they uh, they they did well by by making it short, but also coming at a time where it was impactful. Yeah, because that's the uh, that's the whole scene. What's it called? The Gortress. Mm-hmm. It, that's right before you go to the Gortress. It, I think is that right? Where you're in you're inside the prison, and that's when you first meet Sterling, and you're trying mm-hmm. to. Uh, to break out and it's another it's one of those classic dragon quest jailbreak uh 
yep. episodes. <laughs> Which is really what the Dragon Quest Builders uh, Island felt like, too. It felt a lot like the Gortress here, where you really get into uh, a lot of the villains in the mm-hmm. series, in the game here. And, and the Gortress just, to me, felt like the, uh, the you do a similar thing in Dragon Quest VI. Mm. It, it's, I remember you mentioning it, that when we were talking about uh, Dragon Quest Builders, yeah, too. Yeah, it's very, very similar. It lasts longer uh, than it does in 9, uh, the whole like jailbreak stuff, but it's not I as bet. long as in uh, Builders 2. Builders 2 takes a little while. <laughs> and it was pretty, you know, just talking, not even deep diving on the characters or anything there, but the uh, the prisoners who were like working themselves to death and then like being sentenced to death. It was like, man, this is one of those parts in a Dragon Quest game where it goes from silly to really uh, like sad. It's mm-hmm. like, oh man, yeah. y'all, y'all hit me here. Yeah, and, and Dragon Quest Nine has some pretty good uh, stories Especially, it's like each town kind of has some unique, uh, some unique stories and mm-hmm. some like NPCs, you know, that you kind of care about. Um, which uh, we should talk about right after the break because we're about halfway through the episode. So, really quickly, uh, let's do shameless self promotion. Shameless, 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 shameless. What music is that? Oh my gosh. That was Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy fanfare. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? I, I like couldn't quite <laughs> place it. Uh, so anyway, we have kind of reconfigured some Patreon rewards and different things uh, on our Patreon page. So BJ, you want to tell everybody about that real quick? What we have done is that every patron who is a, let me take that back. What we have done is put up a new $10 giveaway every month. So every single patron uh, on our Patreon is going to be entered into a $10 giveaway for an eShop of their choice. You know, Microsoft, Switch, or PlayStation Network. Uh, We don't want to pick one just because you may not have that particular console. Um, But everyone is going to be entered into that from the lowest tier to the highest. But if you are at a $10 or higher tier on our Patreon, on, you will get two entries so it will be double the chance to uh to win and uh, basically support the podcast with out paying to support the podcast i suppose um but it's uh, we wanted to do this because we we had such a good time with our giveaway that we had done a few weeks back and uh, thought this would just be a fun way to do this every month so uh, you can go to patreon.com slash dragon quest fm and uh, check that out and see all the other cool stuff that we've got for you as well. Yeah, and the first one we're going to do is in January. So mm-hmm. I think that gives everybody until December 31st, right? If they want to be entered to win the first round, they just have to do yes, it before the first so. of, of the next month. Uh, and then we'll yeah, be doing be it. it yeah, and then we'll be doing it every month. So that'll be really fun. Uh, for the Community Spotlight this week, uh, I was just going to talk about, uh, I'm going to put a link to the Etsy store here. Uh, but they go by Chim on uh, on Twitter. Their store is the, the Chim Bucket, uh, which I think is really funny. Uh, but uh, anyway, they have some really cool uh, stickers of the Dragon Quest II hero, uh, which I, I've always been a really big fan of that design, the hero from Dragon Quest II. And so Blah. I know you don't you don't. That's like your least favorite character design. And it's yeah, it's my least favorite of the heroes in Dragon it, Quest, uh, followed followed very closely by Seven. Yeah, and see, and I, I love the Dragon Quest uh, Two hero. Like that's one of my favorite designs of any of the heroes. I love his little like like 
kind of steampunk pilot's hat that he has on and just the blue and all. I don't know. I think he looks really cool. I really like him. Uh, so Now, Chim's sticker of it makes it look really, really cool. There are a lot of times the helmet just looks awful, and that's the reason I don't like it is because there's so many times that I see it in the game and in, in various art pieces of art where I'm just like, man, that looks so dumb. And I just hate it. I think it's the flaps that come down way lower than the face and the things that stick out way far to the side. He looks like he's wearing a goblin helmet from Final Fantasy 14. No, it's, it's a pilot's I don't, hat. I, don't know, it's just, I hate it. it looks, I hate it so much. It's like a little pilot's cap. Except for Chim's sticker, which does look really, really cool. And he's drinking a slimeade. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's got like a little slime... Uh, slushy milkshake i don't know now you say it yeah slimeade call it a slimeade slimeade uh but she also sent me a cool little bonus <laughs> bonus drawing thank you card uh of the hero that looked really cool too i've got it sitting in my office with all my Aww. fun dragon quest uh stuff so it's really cool so i would highly recommend checking that out we're gonna put the link uh into the show notes here uh so definitely check it out because it looks really really cool there's also one you're gonna like this bj she also has one of the hero from chrono trigger yeah, there are uh, all the party, actually, the main parties from Chrono Trigger, uh, party members from Chrono Trigger are on there. Oh, and they? they look really, really cool. Yeah, they've got a, uh, a Magus and uh, Glenn, a Frog, uh, Ayla, and all of, and Chrono, Luca, Robo, uh, and cannot, Marl, Marl, yeah. So they're all there, and they look really, really cool. All right, cool. So uh, getting back to the uh, episode, uh, we were talking about, how different towns kind of have their own, uh, their own like theme, I guess. And uh, so, you know, we're not maybe necessarily exploring all of those today, uh, but I do want right. to just kind of mention, mention one of my favorites really quickly uh, while we're on the subject of characters. I can't remember her name, but you know, the little, uh, the little girl and her doll. Yes, but. I can only think of it from nine or uh, from eleven right now with uh, the uh, the girl from uh, Phenomenon. So it's basically like this, this girl was sick. She made her doll come to life. She died. The doll kept living in her place mm-hmm. and turned into kind of like this rich brat. And it's kind of a sad story. And it's also it is. it's also creepy. Like it really creeped me out. Even though it's not like I'm not sure if it's supposed to be creepy. <laughs> But it turned out to be, and then you go out to the grave and the doll is just sitting there yeah. and kind of lifeless. And it's like, oh man, did I, man. But then, yeah, but it has kind of like a bittersweet ending. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that one always stands out to me. I know you and I talked extensively about the swine dimples uh, yeah. scenario in the game back during our Halloween episode. Uh, so I won't repeat all that here, but that's definitely another one of the highlights for me in terms of like the, uh, characters and yeah. like side stories that are happening in this game that still took me way too long to recognize as a hogwarts uh, <laughs> hogwarts parody yeah. like i am not good at dragon quest puns apparently <laughs> i've learned that i'm just like okay that's what they're called and uh like the zeer rocks in this one like there's a town named zeer and then there is a town later on where one of the characters uh, who lived there uh loved that town so much after they moved off they've carved the entire town out of rocks and sculpted it and, it and it's called zeer rocks yeah. and it wasn't until listening to the slime time podcast podcast that they were like yeah it's it's xerox because it's a copy of zeer and i'm like 
oh my gosh, like I'm 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 not good at this. And, and, like I ha- I I no. I, uh-uh. And I didn't get that one either because when I first visited the first town, I pronounced it as Zare, like to rhyme with oh. there instead of to rhyme with here. Uh, so I was like Zare. And then you get to Zare Rocks, and I was just like, okay, cool. He carved the city out of rocks. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm like, that's neat. That's you a know. that's a lot of work. I thought it was just kind of like a here, Zare, everywhere <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah. And we're done. After, after, uh, after Platy said that about it being Zare Rocks, I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. It was just yeah, kind of, does. because there's not voice acting in this, It, I, I just kind of, pronounce things the way they are in my head uh which speaking of weird things to pronounce let's get into the villains uh the the main trio of villains are the uh triumvirate yeah triumvirate because everything uh, has gore puns uh this time uh around uh and but and there's three of them so that's that's a pun and it has (laughs) my absolute favorite name of any villain in any video game ever lieutenant hootingham gore (laughs) it is absolutely my favorite it makes no sense he's this weird owl person but lieutenant hootingham gore makes me happy in a way that i cannot describe effectively to people because it's so silly and so fun to say Mm -hmm. so everyone out there listening wherever you are i don't care if you're in your car with other people around at your office uh, listening just go out loud right now go lieutenant hootingham gore and see what people around you say because it's fun to say and maybe they'll go lieutenant hootingham gore (laughs) and you're like yes lieutenant hootingham gore and it could be fun it could be a back and forth and this is not going to happen at all but it's so i gotta say it a lot and i love it so so the way you feel about hootingham gore is the way i feel about gore ham hog because okay gore ham hog sounds like like a swear that you say in front of children to cover up like really what you're going to say. Like you stub, oh, like yeah. stub your toe in front of like your three-year-old and you're like, gore ham hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, uh, and I know you, I don't remember if you like firefly or anything or not, but they had stuff like that, like gore ham and stuff like that. So, uh, it's uh yeah, like gore ham hog. Yeah. I could so totally see you doing yeah, that around the toy. Gore ham hog sounds like a fun swear word. Um, gore ham hog. Then of course you have Goresby Purvis. <laughs> I don't even get it. Like this one is again. If this is a pun on something, I don't he's, get it. He's a cat. He's a cat. Purr. He always he's purrs. a cat. He purrs. Yeah, but Gorsby purpose. <laughs> I don't even understand. Again, this one's fun to say. Like Goreham Hog. Yeah, that one sounds like a swear. But Go- Hootingham Gore and Gorsby purpose. Gorsby purpose <laughs> sounds so dirty to me. <laughs> does like like i don't know if it's because purvis kind of sounds like pervert or something but it sounds like it sounds like if your friend is being like really creepy right now you're like bj don't be such a gorsby purvis <laughs> it's true like dude you're being a little bit of a purvis right now <laughs> um but yeah so i i enjoy all three of those villains immensely you fight yeah. you fight all of them more than once to me they felt kind of like a, a nice little callback to the order of uh Zugzwang. Uh, from Dragon Quest V, you had like, was it Slon and Khan? I don't know. I haven't Bishop played Lodja. that one, though. So. Yeah, and so uh, you had like Khan the Knight, Slon the Rook, Bishop Laja. Uh, we're kind of like the Order of uh, Zugzwang. And okay. so uh, and so this kind of reminded me of that because they're animals and they're villains that you like encounter a bunch. Uh, right. and, and, you know, Khan the Knight, is he's a knight, so he's like a horse guy. And then you have Slon the Rook that is kind of like a pig thing 
okay. pig thing. <laughs> uh, pig thing. Um, um, and then, of course, you have the uh, like final big bad uh, is Corvus. And uh, mm-hmm. before we get into Corvus, I know this was on the topic already, but one of our Twitter followers actually asked us, uh, Jack Whitty said, I'd love to hear about Corvus and whether or not you all feel he was compelling. He was a compelling antagonist in comparison to other major antagonists in the series. Uh, surely the statute of limitations on spoilers is up. And I'm, I'm inclined to agree with him. I mean, this game is like I 10 agree. years old. So so if we're ruining something for you, I'm sorry. But I feel I don't feel bad discussing it right now. We'll give like a spoiler like warning here. But it's not like Dragon Quest Eleven, where it like just came out and we don't want to ruin it. Right. And even though people are coming into the the series new, we're we're doing deep dives, so there's no way to avoid it. And we mentioned that yeah. earlier. So, so, uh, so for me, uh, Corvus is one of my favorite Dragon Quest uh, bad guys. I think it, I do love him. His yes. story is very interesting. It's very similar to like Lucifer, um, mm-hmm. in that you know he's an angel. He like falls from heaven, basically, in in the like mythos of this game. Um, so. He does all that. He kind of like falls in love with a human and then he feels like he gets betrayed. And so he just kind of gets corrupted and declares that, you know, humans should all just die because you can't trust any of them. (laughs) Right. And that's kind of the reason I really like him is that's one of my favorite villain archetypes is the fallen angel. So whenever he came around doing all of this and they started mentioning him early on, I was like, that's part of the reason I invested so heavily in this game is because the fallen angel kind of divinity, that almighty storyline like we had talked about before, that's one of my favorite story archetypes. So for Corvus, he stands out you know, way more than uh, Dual Megas and others. Like Jasper stands out a lot in Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, and you know as he's chasing everybody because he's memorable. But, but, but this one, I just really like as a as a villain a lot more. I feel more more threatened by him way more than some of the other villains. Right, and I mean just strictly going by like final bosses. I mean Corvus is way more interesting to me than Mordigan, who is you know the final yeah. baddie in uh, in. 11, you know, there's Rapthorn in 8, and I think mm-hmm. Corvus is more interesting than him as well. Uh, than both the, of them, absolutely. The only, the only antagonist in the series that I like better than Corvus is Sorrow uh, in Dragon Quest IV. Mm. Uh, he, he's probably my favorite villain, but his story is very similar to Corvus's, you know. He, he falls in love, it's not a human, it's a little elf girl. Humanity makes his elf girlfriend cry some ruby tears. And so Sara was like, <laughs> I'm going to kill humanity. Um, that- uh, which maybe is like overreacting a little bit. Man. Just a little. Uh, and, and- Spoken like a man who's never been in love. <laughs> um, but, and you know, it is, it is really more complicated than that. But if I'm just giving like a one sentence elevator right. pitch, that's kind of how it goes with who Sorrow is. And so, for to me, I think Sorrow is probably the only like main antagonist that I would put above Corvus in to- in terms of mm. like the story and everything. If if we're just sticking to like very main, you know, bosses, final bosses yeah. kind of thing, uh, and I, I really like Corvus a lot. And I think it's it, his story. It's a sad story, and um, and man, you know, that final battle actually, uh, you know, if you're not prepared for it, it can really mess you up. <laughs> 
Yeah, I died a few times on it, if I remember right. You did. Going back you sent me so it. many. Usually I'm the one that sends you angry texts. You were sending me angry texts, I remember. Because you were talking. Oh, was I? Yeah, okay. because you didn't have, I think you, you had like no trouble with the game. And then you got to Corvus and you were like, oh man, I'm going to have to really like crank up my vocation some more. Oh yeah, I did. I had to go back and grind on vocations and go back through the last dungeon multiple, like not multiple times, but have to leave and grind on metal slimes a little bit more to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so, so, I, so Corvus, I guess was kind of memorable to you. Corvus was kind of like your Malroth. <laughs> You had yeah, to go back and yeah. grind a bunch and try a few times. Uh, so, uh, so that really does it, I guess, for today's episode uh, that focused mostly on characters. Uh, we're gonna do a follow up part two, episode two of our deep dive of Dragon Quest Nine will come out next week, uh, where we're gonna talk about some fun things like all trades, Abbey, Questers Rest, vocations, and all of those kind of fun things uh, that make Dragon Quest Nine. Unique or at least semi unique mm-hmm. from the rest of the series. Uh, remember, you can talk to us directly on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. So that's where you can leave us questions about Dragon Quest Nine or discussion topics. And we've got lots more that we're going to discuss in future episodes from people already. Right. Um, a lot of people were asking uh, to come on the show or to guest on the show, and it didn't really work out because of scheduling stuff right now. So we're encouraging people, if you have a story you want to share, uh, just record it. You can do it easily uh, from our Anchor page. Uh, you can go to anchor.com slash DragonQuest. And, uh, you know, there's a button there. You click record. You leave us a message. Uh, we'll try to edit it into the episode and, uh, you know, discuss whatever you share with us. Uh, so be sure to do that. We'll try to work it in. Uh, you can talk to me directly on Twitter at underscore Austin underscore King. And you can also keep up with my Dragon Quest blog. That is at dragonquestaustin.com. And I am on Twitter as at Professor Beej, uh, Beej with two E's. And then you can listen to me on the geek to geek podcast every week. And you can find that at geek to geekcastcom And we're also a part of the geek to geek media network where you can find all sorts of blogs, video game reviews, podcasts, uh, live streams for games, uh, pretty much everything that your uh, geeky little heart could desire at geek to geekmediacom So make sure you head over there and uh, join our discord and slack and get back on twitter after that and shame austin for not being on there (laughs) thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week bye-bye bye everybody